We are on Dafnun Gimel Amud Aleph, near the top of the page. We just left off from the sugya of using a flame uh, over for Havdalah. That was either a flame of idolatry, and the problem with the flame of a non-Jew was that it was, uh, even though it was lit, uh, a non-Jew is allowed to light fires on, on Shabbos, and nevertheless it never rested. Um, um, and we, we differentiated between that and when a flame was, was actually permitted to be lit, like if it was for the sake of a, uh, a Jew who, uh, a Jew who was sick. Um, and, uh, we said that basically the difference is, is, uh, if it was, re if, sheshavat mechamat melechet avera, if it was, uh, it had to rest from a prohibited type of lighting, so even though the non-Jew would be allowed to light a flame, the the actual reason for having, if an, if a Jew had to light that flame, he wouldn't be permitted, um, and uh, therefore he can't use such a flame. Um, we are five lines from the top of the page, uh, where we just bring a proof for that, and it says, Tanya uh, Namiachi, was also brighter, taught, Ashishit Shatad Doleket Voleket Kolayom Kulo, a glass lantern, that was lit before Shabbos and remained burning throughout the Shabbos. So even though it didn't rest and it was actually actively going, you still allow to do Havdalah over it because um, uh, even though it did not rest, it still was, uh, it wasn't doing anything wrong, so to speak. The person who lit it, lit it before Shabbos and it continued on its own. Okay, now a new brighter. Tan Rabban and Yisrael, a non-Jew, who after Shabbos lights a flame from a Jew. Um, or a Jew who lights a flame from a uh, non-Jew. You're allowed to uh, say Havdalah over it. Uh, but if a non-Jew lit from another non-Jew, then you cannot uh, uh, say Havdalah over that flame. Um, why can't you light, why can't you use a flame for Abdallah, which is uh, from a non-Jew, lit from another non-Jew? Why? Because that flame was probably lit by the non-Jew on Shabbos, so it didn't rest. Uh, if that's the reasoning, then uh, if a, a Jew who took a flame from a non-Jew, uh, it also didn't rest because we assume it was lit on Shabbos. Ha'lo Shabbat, it didn't rest. The flame didn't rest. It, it, it was, it was uh, lit through a prohibited action. So then why should it be different? And if you want to say that we recite uh, Havdalah over a flame lit by a non-Jew, um, because that original flame lit by the non-Jew even though it may have been lit in a prohibited way, uh, it's this flame that the, that was taken from that flame, and now it's a new flame, a new candle, uh, in the hands of the Jew, it's another one, it's a different one. And therefore this new flame, even though it was taken from a non-Jew, it's like a newborn flame, so it's a different flame. Um... And that's why it's allowed, uh, where Elahad Tanya, but it says in the brighter, Hamoti Shutarabim, one who carries a flame for in some way um, through the public domain, 
which would mean that uh, he's he's carrying in something he's carrying uh, something prohibited, which is a flame. He's chayev. He's uh, punishable uh, for carrying on Shabbos. And my chayev, why would he be chayev? If we say that um, the flame is a new flame, um, so what he uprooted is not the same flame he put down. And what, he, what flame he put down is a different flame to which he uh, uprooted. So you see, according to this halacha, that the original uh, flame is not totally replaced by the new fire. Um, uh, therefore, so uh, according to this, if we say that moving the flame from one uh, reshut, one domain, which is a private domain, to another reshut, to a public domain, and vice versa, um, and yet we we hive, we punishable for such an act, it shows that what you are uprooting uh, from the one domain and putting in the other domain is actually the same thing um, because you're punishable. Whereas if it was a new flame that you, you moved across, then you wouldn't be punishable because the according to the laws of caring, the akira, uh, the uprooting and the hanacha, the placing down, has to be in the same thing. Um, uh, otherwise, you're, you, otherwise you're exempt. So it must be, we can't just say that by transferring a light, a flame, we create a new flame. Because if that was so, if the flame was regenerating itself all the time, uh, then one wouldn't be chayev for carrying that flame from one domain into the other one. Um, uh, so uh, how can we la- how can we say a bracha of Abdallah um, over a fire that the Jew uh, kindled from a non-Jew when that flame, uh, even though it's it's uh, in a new I guess a new candle, a new wick. Nevertheless, that flame itself didn't rest on Shabbos because it was assumed to be lit by the non-Jew on Shabbos, um, which would be the same problem of a non-Jew to a non-Jew. Um, Rather, we must say that uh, the original flame uh, is, is there. The flame that was lit on Shabbos is there in some form. Nevertheless, what you doing that what you're saying Boremarajan is the new additional fire uh, that is uh, is generated uh, from the new flame um, and therefore so there's there's two aspects to this true it is still the same flame and therefore you are punishable by carrying it from one domain to the next domain nevertheless you still can say a bracha over it because um, there are aspects, there's new generation of new aspects of that flame, and that's what you're saying, the brochon. Uh, so in one way, it is a new flame, or it's an additionally new flame, whereas uh, in other ways, it's still the exact same flame. Now, that makes sense uh, whether it's from a Jew, a flame from a non-Jew to a Jew, or from a Jew to a non-Jew. But uh, it still should be the same thing when it comes from a non-Jew uh, to a non-Jew's flame as well. Uh, and that's what the Gemara asks. It should be the same rule. It should be mutter to have dala over a, a new a, a flame currently held by a non-Jew that was lit from a non-Jew, even though that first flame from the original non-Jew might not might have been lit on Shabbos. So the Gemara says, "Anechnami, you're right. 
it is actually halakhically originally permitted um, uh, to to use that flame, except there's a rabbinical decree, because if you uh, allow to say the Havdalah over that new flame, which was lit from a non-Jew, uh, you might think that you actually are able to say it on the original non-Jew's flame. Uh, that's the Nochri Rishon, it's the, we, there's a decree uh, because of the first Jew and the first flame. And that flame was uh, lit on Shabbos without resting. Um, and that's the problem. So it's, it's it, it should be mutter, it's the same as a, from a non-Jew to a Jew. Nevertheless, in this context, we could get mixed up and end up saying Baram on uh, on uh, the first non-Jew's flame. Uh, now we're going to discuss a few cases of where you, you after Shabbos, you're walking around and you see flames. And if it was a flame of a non-Jew, then you can't say have a barometer on it because it didn't rest. Whereas if it was lit by a Jew, you could. So this is the context of how do you know if it's lit by a Jew or non-Jew. If one was walking outside a city on Motsi Shabbos on Saturday night, Vara'ur and he saw a flame. Im Rav Nochrim, if the majority of the city's inhabitants are non-Jews, uh, you may not say a broch on that flame because we assume, based on the laws of majority, that it is uh, from a non-Jew. Im Rav Yisrael, if they're mostly Jews, you can say a broch because you assume it's a Jewish-owned flame. Haguva Kasha, this itself is a, a contradictory statement Amarta, you said him rov you nochrim and if most are non-jews you don't make a brocha ha what if it's not a majority but it's half and half mavarech you would say uh, a brocha if it's half jews and half non-jews vahadatani and the bride continues im rov if most are jews you make a brocha but ha which implies that if it's not majority but it's half and half you don't say a brocha so, according to the first part of the writer, you wouldn't say a bracha on half and half, or you would. And in the second half of the writer, you wouldn't say a bracha if it's half and half. So, which one is it? It's self-contradictory. Actually, you can say that half and half, you would say a bracha, and you would assume it's from a Jew. But since the... The beginning bright the beginning of the brighter said that most are non Jews. Tanasefa Rav Yisrael it used the same language to say most non most are non Jews in the first part of the brighter, corresponding to most on are Jews in the second uh, brighter. But nevertheless, we stick with our first as uh, first halacha that if it's half Jews and half non Jews, you can say a bracha. Tanarabona is to a brighter. If you're walking outside a city on Saturday night, and you saw a child and there was a flame in his hand, you should check if he's a Jewish kid, then it, uh, you can say a bracha over it. If he's a non, not Jewish, uh, this kid, then you can't say a bracha. So why does the case have to be of a child? It could also a filu gadolami. It can also be of an gadol, an adult, um, and meaning uh, if he's a Jew, say the brach. If he's not a Jew, you don't have, to, you can't say a brach on the flame. Amarav yudamarav, hacha besamach lishgiyos hamaskinen. We're dealing with here yeah, 
where it's just after Shabbos. It's just the Shabbos has just come out after Shabbos. Um, um, and Gadol Muchamilta Devado Nochriu. If a Gadol so close to Shabbos is holding a flame, you know for sure he's a non Jew. Tinok Ama Yisrolhu. But a child in his rush to, to end Shabbos, um, he might take the risk and light a flame. Um, and therefore, uh, you, when it comes to a child, uh, then you have to check. But if it's Ikri uh, Benakit, uh, um, it, it just happened, so happened that he took the torch at that time. And therefore, you need to investigate it. But if it was a Gadol, you, so close to Shabbos, you know for sure it was a non-Jew. Um, only when it's a child would you have to check if he's a non-Jew or Jew. Tanura Nayamale Kutz Le Krach again. Another case, he was on a Saturday night walking outside the city. Vra'ur and he saw a fire. Im If it's as thick as the opening of a furnace, meaning it, uh, the, the quality of that light is strong and good, um, like the like the light that is there in a furnace, a kivshan, where they would um, make a, the, the, in this furnace they would uh, burn stones to produce lime. So if the light was very strong, mavarech uh, alav. You can say a bracha baremeraish bimlav, but if it wasn't very strong, you may not recite a blessing of it. Now, what's going on here? So, this is an important rule that's going to uh, guide us throughout the rest of the these halachot. Is that the candle that you say the 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 candle that you say baremeraish on over on a Saturday night uh, has got to be lit for the sake or it's, it's got to be there for the sake of illumination, not uh, for the fire being there to cook or for some for some other reason. Now, in the beginning of the uh, heating up of the furnace, there it was used to heat up these stones, which are not uh, in order for illumination. But later on in the process, there's so much light and so much uh, fire that there were two reasons why you you would use that light the one was to finish off the process of the the melting to make the lime and also you would also maybe add a little bit more fuel in order for illumination and that's why if it's very strong and big you know it's at that stage uh, in the lime making process where it is the light is also used for illumination uh, so now we're going to see different ex expressions of that where the light is used for illumination. Tani Chada, one bride taught, Ur Shel Kivshan, the fire of a furnace, you can make a brocha over it. But another bride says, you can't, make a, you can't make a brocha over it, the fire of a furnace. So, there's no difficulty, at the very beginning of the process, where the light is made in order to uh, make the lam, um, there the fire is not for illumination. Halvesoif, but at the end, uh, where uh, where there's a lot more fire, it is uh, it's at the end of the process, and that flame is also used for illumination, and that's the difference. So you'd have to look at a furnace and see um, um, at what stage was it, where in order to say the bracha Boramarash. Tani Chada, another bride taught or shok tanush b'shokiraim, a fire of an oven or a stove, mevarchin alav. You can make a bracha over it. Vitani the brighter says, Ain Mavarchim love, you can't. Lokasha Habit Khila at the very beginning of uh setting up the wood and lighting the wood and making the fire for this stove, that's where the 
the the the light is just to to make it in order to cook the food but at the end um where the where the food's already cooked and you you want to rather use the light for mo for illumination as well then you want to add in a few more uh pieces of wood and now it's for illumination as well not only to cook tani the light that is found on a Saturday night in the Beit Midrash. You can make a bracha on that, assuming that the flame was used for illumination. Another brighter says, You cannot um, make a bracha over that light that was lit in the synagogue. Um, very interesting, but we'll see how you can have light on a Saturday night in the synagogue that is not actually for illumination lokasha there's no difficulty hadika adam khoshuv where in the Beit midrash there was a very important person there so the light that was lit there wasn't for the sake of uh, reading or illuminating but rather it was in honor of this very important person hadika adam khoshuv whereas in the other case where you can say a brocha is where there's no person that they need to particularly honor for light by lighting uh, candles and therefore it was just for illumination another answer um the evite aima alternatively in both cases the one they both have an adam chashuv in it um the when there's a, an adam chashuv there but there's also a chazan who was like the shamas the sexton the person who actually le, who who might live and take care of the synagogue so therefore when he lit the flame uh, or it was lit it was also lit for him to use um, and not just for the Adam Chashuv um, uh, and therefore it's also for uh, for illumination but where there's no person who's staying there um, uh, and eating in the Bain Midrash like this uh, Shamas then uh, but there's just the Adam Chashuv then the light is only done for the person's honor uh, and not for illumination. V by time alternatively, another answer, they're both in a case where there is the sexton, where there's this person who's living there and needs the light for illumination. But there's no difficulty. Where there is a, a good full moon and they don't actually need the flames, the candles to, for illumination, they can just use the moon. Um, then... Uh, then that light, um, uh, then that light would just be to honor an Adam Chashuv. But where there is a, there's no moon, um, and uh, there is a sexton there, um, in that case, the they uh, the light was also there, um, the light the light was there for illumination and not just to honor this uh, this prominent person. Okay, so, but what I find interesting about that Gomorrah is that if uh, there was enough light from the moon, it seems they wouldn't necessarily use up their money and light um, a flame, um, which is quite amazing because you'd think that you can read much better with a flame. Um, nevertheless, I guess to save money, so either you learn what type of living conditions they lived under then um, or how they wanted to save money. Baruch Hashem today, um, uh, we, we have easy access to light. Um, we wouldn't use the moon. Okay, so but that basically that little sugya shows you um, uh, how the light has to be lit for illumination. And even uh, even if there's a, in a Beit Midrash, sometimes it wasn't lit for illumination. 
Um, uh, Tanrabon and the Brisa says, Hayu Yoshim Bebeza Midrash, if uh, there were people sitting in on a Saturday night learning Torah, Vevu Urlifnam, and they brought a candle, Avdala candle before them um, to do Avdala over. I remember this from uh, from Yeshiva. Um, uh, basically, you, there's a, a lot of people learning, and uh, now they need to do Avdala. Bechama, I mean, Bechama says, each person, according to Bechamai, must go and say the bracha to himself. Um, he must stop his learning or, and then go and say a bracha. Um, not, it, meaning that it's not just that one person holds up the candle and says the bracha for everybody. But Hillel, I mean, but Hillel says, um, one person says the bracha for everybody. Um, why? Because with the multitude of people is the glory of the king. Meaning when you have an opportunity to do something with everybody in a big crowd, that will bring more praise to Hashem. Um, so that's why everybody should stop their learning and uh, answer the one person's bracha. This, the Gemara continues, it makes sense for Beit Hillel because he gives an explanation. Does Beit Shammai still say, uh, without seemingly a reason, that you should each say a bracha on your own? Beit um, Shammai holds that uh, you, if you're going to interrupt everybody's learning, then it's not good. Um, it's it's bitul Torah, um, and uh, therefore, rather, when each person's ready and finished their learning, then they should go and say their own bracha on the candle and not have a public. Uh, Gathering or public disturbance to say the bracha. Tanya Namiachi, a brighter, corroborates this. Uh, in the Beit Midrash of uh, Rabban Gamliel, they wouldn't say Marpe, which is like bless you. If anybody sneezed, um, they wouldn't have this. Uh, you wouldn't say bless you to anybody um, because then you are. Um, you mavato your Torah. You stopping to learn Torah by saying bless you. So there was this almost uh, st- uh, kind of assumption uh, that it's not necessarily derech eretz to say bless you to somebody um, while they're learning because of bitul Torah. Mipnei bitul Midrash. This is interesting thing that um, this comes from uh, to say bless you is actually a Torah source um, from Pirkei uh, Derabilezer that explains that um, until Yaakov's uh, time, people wouldn't. Uh, basically sneeze. If they would sneeze, it meant they were going to die. They Basically, their soul left their body. So Yaakov davened that uh, we should have more time to prepare and warning so people should be able to get sick and then die um, So in order for a person to get their affairs in order. And that was for Yaakov to get his affairs in order with his children. Um, but the same thing comes from where you uh, basically say that you... Um, you need to, uh, you say, bless you, um, because people used to die from uh, from sneezing. Ein um, mevarchim. So the Mishnah, the the next clause of the Mishnah says, Ein mevarchim lo alaner velo alabasamim shomaitim. You don't say a bracha on a candle or on the spices uh, that are on next to a corpse. Why? And now basically, we we have. We have what to explain yeah. My time, what's the reason? The reason for the candle um, by a corpse is not so that you can see. The corpse is not able to see. Rather, it's to honor the dead. Um, uh, 
Um, whereas the spices are also not uh, there in order to make the place smell nice. Rather, it's to remove the bad odor of the corpse. So the candle wasn't lit for illumination. And the spices weren't on there to smell nice, but rather to remove a bad smell. Um, which shows you that uh, to say the bracha b'rei samim, it needs to be something that you enjoy the smell from and not the smell is there to remove the odor. Amarav yudamarav, koshim utsim lefana biyom valayla. Anybody who, uh, while their corpse is being led through the, to the burial uh, and they, they escort the corpse with candles, uh, whether it's by day or by night, you can't light on such a candle because that light is, is clearly lit for um, honor of the mate and not for illumination because otherwise you wouldn't need to, if it was for illumination, you wouldn't need to light it in the day. But if it's lit only uh, at night to lead this person out to, the, to be buried, then you know it wasn't lit for honor, it was lit, and lit for practical illumination. You can't say broch of it. Um, the spices of a, of a toilet, uh, or oil, which is used to eliminate the dirt or the bad odor from one's hands. You don't say a brochabaremen because there the smell is to remove the bad smell um, and not to make a nice smell. Are you saying, according to this, that whenever fragrance is not designated for the enjoyment of its smell, we don't recite the brock over it? Is that true? Um, but we have a challenge from the following brighter. If one enters the shop of a merchant of fragrance spices, and he smells a, he smells a fragrance smell, even if he sits there the entire day and uh, continues smelling the spices, he only says one bracha um, because he's there all the time uh, in, the, so to speak, the same position or the same uh, um, session of smelling. But what if he comes into the shop and leaves and then comes in again and leaves? He should go, every time he goes in and smells it anew, he says a new bracha. Now, this shop that's got all these nice smelling things, these things are there not to be smelt, they're there to be sold. And yet you see the person says a new bracha on them each time. Um, here, the, the spices are not there to be smelt, but rather... Um, to be uh, and and to be sold, and yet the person does make a bracha of it in the shop. Meaning, obviously, if you take it home and you put it in your house, there it's it's there to be smelt. But in the shop, their purpose is not to be smelt there. Um, uh, I would maybe you could argue that the person owning the shop with the smells, with the spices, he'd probably rather they didn't smell because then they would last uh, longer when they go home. Uh, so the Gemara answers, yes, they they are there for smell." The person in the shop owner does want people to smell it there. So that people should smell them, and buy them from him. So he it, it suits him for there to be a smell in the shop. Similarly, you know, you go to a um, a shop and you smell like the 
the the example uh, you know the, i don't know what the word is the this the perfume some perfumes are left there in order for you to try them out um so that you can smell them and then buy them i um, mean this is similar uh, so there is there is a reason for the store owner to make them to for it to smell nice in the shop if somebody is walking outside a city and he smelt a smell if the majority of its inhabitants are idolaters he may not recite a blessing uh, but if most of the people uh, in the town are Jews then uh, you assume that most of the people at the at the meal uh, are at, at are are um, are Jews. So now the point is is that you walk past this uh, hall, there's there's a or you walk past a city. There's a a big party going on. Uh, the the smells are so strong that you can even walk past it and smell it. But uh, we assume that if it was mostly non-Jews, uh, then that the the spices are there for idolatry. Uh, even if most of the cities are actually Jews, you're not allowed to say a bracha over such uh, the smells emanating from the party. Because the Jewish girls, even though they're Jewish, they light incense for sorcery in order to drive away the evil spirits. Obviously, this was um, a problem in those days. Um, and nevertheless, the Gemara asks, "Atu kulu lakshafim akatrim." What do most of uh, most people and most girls light for sorcery? That can't be. Maybe a small minority light for sorcery, but that doesn't. You can't assume that most Jews light for sorcery. The Gemara continues, No, true. There's a minority of Jews who born burn for sorcery. And there's also a minority of Jews. Who burn the, who make the ketoret, who who light the spices in order to make their their vessels smell nice, um, which um, which is and so when you you wouldn't say a bracha over um such spices because those spices are made to make something else smell nice, and you you when you say a bracha over basamim you actually have to say it over the source of the smell, not the thing that smells nice. From the source of the smell, um, so what you have here is a number of minorities, uh, and if uh, there's different small groups, they join up to be the majority. It comes out that most of the lighting of the Torah here is not um, for for a smell that you can say a bracha over it. If you are going on your way on every Shabbos in Tiberia, over Moitzi Shabbos Bitsipori, or on a Saturday night in Tsipori, Vareach Reach, and you smell a smell, Ainumavarech, you don't say a brocha if it's Friday in in, in uh, Tiberia and Saturday night in Tsipori. Uh, because in both those places, on a Friday, in order to prepare for Shabbos in in uh, uh, Severia and on Saturday night in order to um, kind of make them feel better for the fact that Shabbos has ended, they would uh, they would light these uh, spices in order to um, uh, make the clothes smell nice. 
and that is not uh, something that you're allowed to say a bracha over because you're not smelling the sauce, you're smelling something that was made to smell nice from the sauce. Tanra Bonabrita says, If you're walking in a market space of idolatry, idolaters, and you willingly intend to smell the fragrance that is used for idolatry, you are a sinner. Um, ad, um, okay, so, so then you're a sinner. Okay, so the, the next part of the Gemara continues with the next part of the Mishnah, which is that um, you, don't, you only say a brocha, um, when you use or benefit from the flame, and we're going to discuss that more, more, in, in, more in more depth, um, what type of benefit do you need from this flame in order to, um, to say the brocha moraish over. That's for the next year.